too often faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Chasing Goodness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzera, and today I thought it was probably finally important to talk about one thing that's super duper important, but that I'm not qualified (laughs) to talk about, (laughs) which is relationships. And the reason I say I'm not qualified, I am qualified. You are. I'm totally qualified. I'm just not, not, it's not my strong point. So if you would ask people who know me, how mad is with relationships they would probably choose to not say anything as they would they definitely wouldn't say oh yeah that guy like relationships is what he does really well i've got a couple of close friends and um you know i'm i'm married to this lovely lady that i want to join me today because here's the thing if somebody asked if if one of susie my wife's friends was asked if relationships were her strong point, it would be like a no-brainer. Like she is the queen of relationships, does this better than anyone else. So it's taken three years to get here, (laughs) but this is my wife, Susie, on the Chasing Goodness podcast. Good morning. Good morning and hello, everyone. And so uh, I figured I needed some help with this topic. And what we're going to do today, because we want to keep to what we always talk about, And so we're going to talk specifically in regard to relationship, how to manage difficult conversations. And we're going to start by talking a little bit about just the two of us. Now, Susie and I have been married for 24 years. We've been together for 27 and a half years. I'm impressed that you know that. Yeah. I remember (laughs) like a zillion years ago when (laughs) I was thinking about this this morning, when you came to me after like our two year marriage anniversary, I think it was. And you're like, do you know that I've been with you longer than I've been with anybody else? Because we both had like high school sweethearts. Yeah, Yeah, that was (laughs) significant. And now here we are a million years past that. We have two teenage kids. And we right now are sitting on our back screened in porch. So you probably can hear the sounds of birds because when it gets nice out in Wisconsin, Susie and I don't like to be inside. We don't live inside at all. No. So we're out on our porch. Just our dog out. is here. He might, might bark because he loves chasing birds. Yep. The great Rubinsky is uh, keeping guard and <laughs> making sure nothing comes and attacks us. Okay. So we're going to start by talking a little bit about ourselves. And our relationship and some of the, honestly, some of the struggles that we had with topics of faith and specifically. And then we're going to get into... And parenting. And I don't think we'll talk about that today. That just sounds like too big of a topic. 
But then we're also going to talk about when you'll never talk about parenting. I might not. <laughs> but then we're going to talk about how that is with friendships and even family members. Because one of the realities is when you start rethinking your faith, deconstructing whatever the word is that you want to use, sometimes that doesn't go very well with other people who are Ooh. close to you. And we've had real similar experiences. So it we're feels just gonna... like a threat. It yeah, feels like yeah. So it's we'll, very threatening. We'll yeah. get there. So. First of all, one thing that's important for you to know is that Susie and I both grew up a Catholic, so we had that going on. And so, I, you know, we always talk about we remember sitting together at Catholic church before. It was like a year before in my we started pants. dating. I was classy Catholic. Yeah, yeah. Susie was in her sweatpants, <laughs> and I was just sweating because I was so nervous sitting next to her. And so then, it was appropriate that I wore my sweatpants. It, yeah, it feels appropriate. <laughs> And then what happened is we started dating the next year. We started going to, I guess, what would be called a non-denominational church. We really, like, we grew in our faith together from a very early standpoint. And for... We hit every denomination, by the way, at some point in our faith careers. I think so. So we had the Catholic, we had the non-denominational, Baptist, we did Presbyterian, we did Lutheran. We haven't hit a Methodist yet. So, you know, there's still hope that we're youngish. I feel like we played at Methodist, like we led worship at Methodist churches. We'll just check it off the list then. Uh, and <laughs> it's been done. And so for about the first five years, it would be fair to say that like our faith journey really lined up, maybe even five to 10 years, we'll call it. We really thought the, the same on most issues. And then I remember the very first thing <laughs> that maybe caused like a, you to cock your head a little bit was, <laughs> was when I brought up the question, like, doesn't it seem strange that the belief of the church that we're going to is that people who are gay, that's a sin. And I like really struggled with that because right. of a number of different reasons. Well, and what's so strange about that, because we were on different pages about that at that time, is I grew up in musical theater. That was my passion. I wanted to be on Broadway in New York. I wanted to do traveling shows. And I had all kinds of beautiful, incredible gay friends. And I didn't ever have a problem with their sexuality prior to my faith journey really beginning when I met you. Yeah, when we first started dating, <laughs> your best friend, and the year before he was your roommate, my roommate was yeah. gay. So, I mean, best Amazing. friend in the world, right? I, yeah, I adore him. Yeah, so so interesting how like faith will do that, right? Mm-hmm. Faith will, will really change your mind on some things, and that's neither here nor there, but it's And a not that I was rude point. to those that dynamic of people at the time. Oh, I no. had just changed my belief system that's just mm-hmm. outside you, like you're not rude to anybody <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. well i don't know about that i think i've been rude to people before oh especially I'm... when i'm driving in my car oh but nobody and hears nobody that, can so hear <laughs> okay so that caused a little bit of like i remember like that caused some interesting discussions and yeah. then i you like when i get on to something like i get on something yeah i almost shouldn't have pushed back at that point and so i remember like <laughs> i remember i was like there's got to be like gay christians in this world that i can find there's got to be somebody who wrote something and so this was kind of in the earlier days of the internet so i remember hopping online finding a gay pastor from south africa who, who wrote like a 27 page document about being a gay Christian. I remember printing it out and I remember it was on the table and you saw it and you're like, oh man. And so this was actually kind of one of our first discussions that was a bit challenging around faith. And then that is, you know, spiraled into a million hard conversations because 
you know, Susie is a little bit more like I'm here, I'm comfortable. I'm a little bit more like I'll never be comfortable. Right. I'm always moving forward in regard to faith. In other ways, that's not true. And so share with me. I'm maybe, settled in my joy. Yes, yes. So share with me and our listeners a little bit about maybe like what were, why was that? Why did that come across maybe offensive or like why did why did you cock your head when I started doing that? Or why did that create some some check in your heart a little bit? Way to put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit it all out if what you say sounds horrible. So Well, I'm sure it I like if I had more time to think about it, I'd probably come up with a very intellectual answer for that. But I think really what my gut tells me is that I never liked when we were on different pages and I had a thought about something that I had, you know, I'd been able to then identify with and understand because of scripture. And then for me, I don't really poke and pry at scripture. I just kind of accept what is in the word without like digging too deep and do my quiet times in the morning and know then how I'm supposed to react and respond to the world and to the people around me and to my family and how to serve them and how to bring encouragement. So my faith was very, very simple in that regard and I guess I would just say like I didn't want you messing with that part of my life because then that meant that I had to investigate and I was good with where I was at which is why I think a lot of the things that you talk about on this podcast are so good because it challenges people and what they grew up believing or thinking and you do at some point have to sit back and say wait why why do I believe that? Or what really does the word say about this? Or what kind of context was I reading this? What lens was I looking at this issue through? Um, and then, of course, God is so good in the fact that he gives us a our eldest child starts thinking like this is this is something that I'm dealing with and I'm struggling with. And oh, my gosh, I might be gay and. Let me just tell the listeners right now, it's been such a roller coaster with mm -hmm. our kids and their curiosity with sexuality and their gender and their, it's just, they're playing in all kinds of spaces right now that have greatly threatened me and made me afraid and caused all kinds of fear for me. But I think where I'm just landing is like, we are on a huge journey with our kids. So... It just, all of my faith has been, what I was comfortable in has been completely threatened. And when things are threatened around me, it doesn't feel safe. And I don't like not feeling safe. And it doesn't feel secure. And I just want to, my MO is joy and happiness and encouragement. And so when things feel threatened, especially in my family, like my mama bear just comes out and I start asking a lot of questions and cocking my head a lot like you said <laughs> so people would uh, my eyes get big if, too if people would ever ask which they do sometimes like what are the things that you guys fight about it was always hilarious because our <laughs> most of our career has been in church work or faith-based work and we we're like oh it's always about faith and god and religion uh... and things like that and parenting which we're not getting into today <laughs> although you were you were you were walking the line there a little okay, bit talking sorry. about our kids but so the the point there i think that's really important bless to hear. their hearts <laughs> <laughs> is that it's not necessarily about and here's here's what I want to make sure that we get across is that 
if you, because I know like spouses struggle with that. I've heard, I've seen things going on and I know people struggle when, when faith is different between two spouses, especially when it changes for one. And I think the most important, one of the most important things to realize, as you said, is that it's not necessarily like you really didn't have an issue with people who were not straight. Like that's just not who you are. You didn't have an issue. I mean, and you at this point, that's not your, like, right you're a you're an advocate yes <laughs> you're, you're yeah. like you'll push back pretty hard when people are against people who are gay or bisexual or or transgender and so it was more that what you you were just afraid like you were fearful of losing something that that felt secure is that fair to say yes yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you answered that like a question. And yes. So, and so when you it's are dealing... It's such a journey. It's... Yeah. It's such... Yeah. It really is. Oh, and my so gosh. When, and, you know, kudos to Susie because, like, that was the tip of the iceberg. Then it went, like, to the authority of, of the Bible. You can even hear when we talk that we talk about faith and spirituality differently. Right. And so, like, I have really, <laughs> I've really stretched Susie in so many ways and and she deserves a lot of kudos for putting up with my very very like ongoing ever unfolding faith journey but when you're working with somebody that's close to you or when you're having these conversations and when they get difficult Mm -hmm. so you bring up maybe for you it's that you don't think the bible is without error maybe for you it is the lgbtq plus issue maybe for you it's the penal substitution or whatever whatever it is for you that makes that person who's close to you wince a little bit and maybe creates an argument or a rift between your relationship you know it's it's never really about that thing it's not about this isn't an argument of theology really it's kind of getting underneath there and say okay why is this threatening to you right and on the other side great question and it kind of calms you down when you can ask somebody why and not feel like I'm tr- I'm trying to have an agenda in this conversation to get you to think like me. It makes the person like think and just respond calmly instead of feeling like attacked or threatened. To, like it's that old common therapist statement, like tell me more, right. you know, which can, if you know all of those ins and outs of therapy and the questions that they ask, you can kind of feel like, wait a minute, you're Jedi, Montessori <laughs> trying to trick right. trick my mind here you know but but at the same time it's it's a really good question and the tell me more and asking more questions to people yes, is what brings closeness back to the relationship and back to the conversation even because then you feel like oh you want to see me you want to hear me right now yeah. you want to help you, you want to try to understand me I remember we were talking to a couple at one point and we were doing some coaching with them and remember the they they got in a big argument about him like leaving his clothes on the floor and yes. I remember like in the moment we we're like oh this has nothing to do with his clothes on the floor yeah you were so great you're like, like this has nothing it? to do with and they they ended up framing that statement and putting it above their bed it's them they I think they wrote out like it's not yeah. about the socks or something yeah. like that and they put it above their bed because it's not about your stance on <laughs> penal substitution or anything faith-wise it's like what is it underneath that's causing that to feel threatening and on the other side because I don't get off free here right right on the other side why do you feel like you need to change your thoughts why do you think that you need to explore this space in your spirituality because the truth is if we're like brutally honest with myself with matt here is 
Matt is never satisfied with where he's at. And the next idea is always the best idea. And he's always chasing around. You want to talk about chasing goodness. Like Matt just moves through life chasing everything. Right. And when you're married to a Matt Kinzera <laughs> who's chasing life and good things and it's it's really it is very challenging because it's almost like you feel like you can't keep up or like if you don't get on the same page that you're going to be left behind. Mm. And so that can that's another part of the threatening feeling like I'm going to be left behind if I don't start researching all of this stuff. And just so you guys know, I barely listen to podcasts. I don't yeah. I think I listen to one out of every five of Matt's. Yeah, not an avid chasing goodness podcast listener. <laughs> <laughs> Just for anything. I don't listen to podcasts. I pick up a book maybe two or three times a year. Like I'm a very live in the present, live in the joy, That's take true. care of relationships. So when Matt talks about like right now, it doesn't sound like I'm very much a relationship person in this oh, podcast. You totally are. But that is that is who I am. I want I don't want to be on the phone with you. I want to be in person with you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have my head in a book. I want to be having conversations. I'm not afraid of conflict at all. Nope. Um, so <laughs> did I say that too? I felt like I was too definite in my response. <laughs> but I have changed my approach immensely with conflict. I'm not interested in an argument. I'm not interested in a fight. I'm not interested in being right anymore, which for a long time I was. Yeah. So we're two very, very passionate people. We're the way we we express that passion is a little bit different. But what would happen in our early arguments around faith is they would literally be arguments. Like I would bring something up and then within five minutes, like we're in an argument, <laughs> like fighting. an actual, we're fighting about these theological issues or whatever. And, and then a door or two might have slammed at the end of those. <laughs> like it got, there were times when it got super crazy heated about these things. But now we've progressed in our relationship oh, yeah. to the point that we don't, we don't have those, especially in this space. Even, you know, you talked about parenting, even in parenting, we don't argue about this stuff anymore. We actually sit down and have these conversations. So the, I guess if, if with this part of the conversation, if there's something we can say is that number one, there's something underneath that there's something being threatened or there's a reason or you feel that, left behind or you feel left behind. There's always something underneath that initial, initial reaction. And then number two, the most important thing is that we need to have these conversations calmly mm -hmm. and we need to have them. You were saying last night, like how, how do we always make sure we put that relationship first? Sunrise, open up my sleepy eyes. I know I can barely see the day. If you can lead me I'm begging you to not go away. I've noticed in my relationships throughout this pandemic and throughout the political unrest. unrest that's been happening in our world the last three years that I have lost intimacy in my relationships, whether it's been family or friends that where we have different thoughts processes over all of this stuff and I tend to kind of let's just be honest I kind of tend to stay in the middle lane when it comes to some of these things I'm not far right I'm not far left I just I'm about relationship yeah so transferring kind of the so what we're doing now is we're kind of transferring this conversation into our family and friends on a larger scale and just so you have an understanding of kind of how our family is 
I would say Susie is probably one of the most moderate of all of the family members. Stands real strong in the middle. I'm a little bit more left. Little, Our yeah. kids are so far left, you can't <laughs> even go any farther left. Um, there's family members within our, our the, you know, Part of our family would be left-leaning, hard left-leaning. Part of our family is hard, hard right. right. And so we have this really interesting dynamic. Yeah, I would say if I were to describe our family, and I'm talking about my family, our, you know, your family, so in-laws, yep. you know, all the way around, I would describe our families as a whole as pretty close. Yeah. Like close knit, you mean, or close like, like in relationship, or I would say like, like we, close in we proximity. all get along, <laughs> not close in proximity. Sometimes too close in proximity. I'm kidding, but I think that we would identify as like like we feel oh. like we're we're kind of tight with each other. It's not like we're the closest family in the world, but like we all get along. We all enjoy hanging out with. I, one yeah, I feel like I'm close with family. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty tight with my family and even with your parents. I have the greatest in-laws. I'm so blessed in that way. And the reason I bring this up is because, like I said, like we're all in very different spaces politically, right. faith-wise, parenting. Like we we fall outside of each other's spaces, well yeah. outside each yeah. other's spaces. And so that's why I think it's important to to say that we're we're a close family. Yeah, we're a close family, but I do want to hold you accountable a little bit here because <laughs> you don't often feel like you're close. You feel like an outsider. Right. But you're in life not in general. Yeah, but you're you're as far as like my family's concerned and your parents are concerned, you're not. Like they very much feel you and love you and want yeah. you to feel like you belong and you fit. But you've always struggled in relationships, which is why we're doing this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> were you not thinking we were going there? <laughs> no, that's fine. We're, we can totally go there because, yeah, so I struggle just to feel close to humans in general. Yes. You know, we were just talking about this yesterday. Yep. And so, yeah. So, I just think that's important to know because I don't think people know that about you, that uh, you feel like... Uh, do I fit in this I, yeah. group of people right now? Like when we go out to dinner with friends, that's a better case scenario mm -hmm. if it's like one-on-one -on -one or there's like another couple we're with. But like once we get in big group settings, when we're with my family, I have a really big family. And that's that's hard on Matt to... They're big and they're, I don't want to say we're loud. Fun. They, we're they're, fun. They're fun, energetic. They're just, you know... I feel like we in. should be Italian, honestly. Yes, that's a, it's a great way to describe it. So... Yeah, so that's very true. Like I struggle a little bit with social anxiety in certain settings. I do great in front of big groups of people. I do pretty good when it's just like you said, just me and a like us yeah. and another couple or two couples. But then when it's like that medium, yeah, it gets... and then when there's a lot of energy, sometimes that's a lot for me. Um, so yeah, that all plays into it as well as everybody has. So not only are we different politically, not only are we different faith-wise, we're also different personality-wise. So like right. Matt yes. doesn't fit into that. But again, talking about well, you know, let's let's lean in the I guess talking yeah. about all of it. Get back to your point on the intimacy piece, because when um, if we handle this incorrectly and if we don't put relationships first and we don't put care and love for one another first, what can happen is we can have disagreements about things. And I can even think within this last year, like there's been some 
tough disagreements that have ended not so well when talking about family and close friends and things like that. And you, this well, is even the vaccines the, and all va of that. Yeah, all mm -hmm. of it. And so in the midst of some of those disagreements and some people being pretty strong in their stances, that's when you mentioned this intimacy piece. Yeah, I just feel like when those conversations happen within family or friendships and you've got different perspectives in the room, it's so very important to stay calm and it's because it's not like you don't want to talk about these things. You should be able to talk about these Correct. things with the people that you love the most. Because so many, so many of us avoid it, right? I think I'm, I'm a pretty good at avoiding in certain circles, but you, you never do, which is great. And I've I don't avoid it. And I would say with conflict, I don't. Even though I, I don't mind conflict. I don't love it. Like I don't. I because I, I want to. Yeah. It. Can we just be okay? <laughs> yes. Like nobody loves. Con I hope nobody loves I know. conflict. If you do, go find a good therapist. <laughs> no, exactly. I know a couple. I just don't run from conflict, but Correct. I also know when to just be quiet, be quick to listen, slow to speak. And I can feel when a room is elevating. I can feel when a room is getting toxic. And then for me, it changes my dynamic and my response and I lose intimacy with that person. So I would almost say that you shut down a little bit. You know, when you see someone being really aggressive in their belief systems, it just makes you retract a little bit and move back. So the question then, because some of us get really fiery about our viewpoints, right? right. So the question is, is it more important for you to get across your viewpoint or is it more important that you keep intimacy with that family member or close friend or spouse? That's the really, latter. <laughs> that's the question that you have to ask yourself. And if you can catch yourself in the midst of your soapbox, <laughs> that's the that's what we hope that you remember from this podcast is that when you get on your high horse, when I get on my high horse, because I'm I'm as guilty as anybody that you are in danger of taking away intimacy from relationships by trying to just hammer your point your point home or prove your point. And is that right. really worth it? I don't think and, it is. And the thing for me is I'm such a fighter, so I won't let it ruin the friendship or the relationship because I just grew up with in this envi environment. Some people wouldn't probably know how to handle it, but I loved it. Like when we fought in our family, like we were over it the next day, you know, so I... I will walk back into relationship freely knowing like stuff happens and arguments take place and you know there's all kinds of emotions involved and then mm. people have to step back and think about what they said and what they did and come back into that. I think that's the most important thing you guys is so many people don't re-enter. They don't enter back into the relationship and it's it's hard. It's the in and out. Matt and I were talking about this. We both do this ab workout to this insanely fit dude. I don't even know he's his name. He's got great neck tattoos. I love his yeah, neck Yeah, he's got tattoos. tattoos everywhere. I might do that. When I turn 50, I might just get a huge neck tattoo. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. But So it's this 20-minute intense ab workout, and he's got this one section where he calls them the ins and outs, and I'm like, oh, son of a... I hate this. You can this. even say it on this podcast. <laughs> you can say son of a bitch. No, I'm not going to. Um, so I, But I hate them, and it just kills the core of me. And I think about that in relationships sometime when we're in and out of relationship. I have had friends for years and years and years where we come in and out of seasons that bring so much life and then they bring so much harm and then they bring so much life and they bring some so it's this like in and out but you know the end result is going to be good because these people make your life richer they make your life stronger and none of us are perfect 
So my encouragement as a relationship person is just to always think and assume the best in the people that you love. Um, If you can, just the people that you interact with day to day. Like if we had more of that type of thinking and that mindset to assume the best in people, we could see more light in our world and we could see change in our world. But everybody's walking around with all kinds of relationship scars that they don't want to look at or they don't want to re-engage with. And, you know, Matt and I have been in all different kinds of churches and we've seen so much church hurt. We've experienced our own church hurt. I've walked back into pretty much every one of those relationships and have tried to offer love and encouragement and reconciliation. And I think because I feel so strongly about reconciliation, love and encouragement, especially if it's not in an abuse abusive form, right. um, that I I love I love peace. I get peace from that. And I don't want to be a human being that's walking around without my peace. And I don't think Jesus would want that for me. And so I think in relationships and chasing goodness, this is what we're supposed to do. Like we're supposed to chase and pursue relationships with people and make them the best that we can make them. So when you have that hard conversation with a family member or a friend or a spouse, I, taking the spouse out of it, let's go friend and family member about politics, religion, vaccine, whatever. There, there will be new ones coming too. That's like the you, thing. It's probably it's probably going to even be more intense. I would assume, right? You you will be tempted, as we all are, to just disengage in that relationship. But what you know, one of the things I've learned from you and your family is that come back. Like, don't let that right. ruin your relationship. Like. If that happened, if that argument or that disagreement happened, that doesn't mean that you don't come back together. And there's been so many families that have been torn apart oh, by some of these big things. Right? And that's and the biggest thing that I'm proud of about my family and being connected to the people that I'm connected to is that I live with such beautiful fighters for for relationship and love and goodness yeah we've i mean there's some people that have been in our lives for i mean obviously our family but also like our close friends like oh my goodness like we've been together for a long time now right and we've been through a lot together and so i guess to to kind of recap this and just jump in with anything i missed Suze, but I think the first thing that we talked about today, and this maybe is, is specific, uh, it's specific to everybody, but especially in like a marriage relationship or a really close relationship, is that when there's a, a disagreement, uh, and again, if we're talking about faith and somebody bristles at something that you bring up, it's not like we're not necessarily talking about that thing. There's usually something underneath, underneath. that. There's some fear. There's some You're gonna whatever. You're going to leave me. Yeah, yeah, it could be a million different things. You're going to leave me behind. But just I don't know how to catch up. Ask ask more inquisitive and in, kind of investigate a little. Just tell get me more. in there. Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> when somebody like when your husband wife says the craziest crap about what they're thinking about God or Jesus or whatever, and your your eyebrows go up, just ask that question. All right, well, tell me more about that. And then the person just say, well, that makes me a little the the person that's saying tell me more. If there is a threat there for you. Like at some point in the conversation, tell your spouse or your friend, well, that that instills me. It's instills a little bit of fear in me. So I need to sit with that a little bit yeah. and ask myself why I feel fear. Yeah. You know? So just remember, there's 
that we have to dig a little bit deeper. Don't take things at, at surface value. The, th the second thing, and I love that you said, like, read the room. And you are a master at reading the room. When you were a worship leader, you were great at it. But you can't. You can walk into a room. I mean, <laughs> when we were searching for one, I think this was the second house we bought. We were on a house search. And I remember we would walk into houses with the realtor. And Susie would be like, mm. I'm out. Nope. And we would walk in the door, turn around, and walk back out. I feel all kinds of toxicness Because Susie has the ability to read the room. And so when you're in a setting like that, read the room and then ask yourself the question, is, is my making this point worth losing intimacy? Right. That's a really great thing to remember in the moment. Stay away from drinking beverages, alcoholic oh, beverages, you when you're having some of these hard conversations. But figure out your posture. Where are you sitting? What room are you in? Like, don't just have these really hard conversations standing up in the kitchen over a beer or a old fashioned. Like, that's going right. to probably take you down a path you don't want to be taken down. Like, yeah, if think... you really want to have these conversations and you want to be mature and responsible, because these are hard conversations. Then, then do it right. Do yeah. it in your best mindset. It's it's totally okay to say, hey, I'm not up for this conversation right now, but let's set up a time. Yeah, that's and in it's a totally okay to have an old fashioned. I thought that's what you're gonna say. Oh, that's fine too, <laughs> but just one maybe. If you're on to your third old fashioned, don't talk about politics or Jesus. Right. <laughs> Worst idea in the world. Or I'm, the LGBT community. Not, not just don't talk about anything that's gonna lead to a fight. Oh, I would say goodness. that's why there's so many fights in bars because people. And then the final thing that that you brought up is just this idea of come back, like be ready to come back together. We're going to have disagreements. Yep. You're not going to be in a close relationship and not have disagreements. And in the state of the world and faith and politics and sickness and all this crap that's going on in our world right now, just expect to have conversations, but commit to coming back together when you have a disagreement. And that's something that we have recently done. And I'm so very, very grateful for that. Because even like the next day, if we've had a hard conversation, you know, we just commit to making the rest of our day great. Like we've said that if we've had a hard conversation in the morning, we're like, well, let's let's make this a great night or a great day. Right. Like that was hard. We got through that. I love you. You know, it's yeah. just so important. Not over. It's so important to to say those things at the ends of hard conversations. Yeah. Hey, you know the other thing that we've learned probably in the last few years. What is we <laughs> actually can go to bed mad, and it's okay. Yes. <laughs> we used to go. You know that Bible verse that gets quoted all the time to couples where like, don't go to bed angry. Like, if you're pissed, you're pissed. Like, go to bed angry. Work it out the next morning because just like you don't want to be drinking oh. and having a hard conversation, yeah. you, you don't, don't want to be tired, stay mad, and tired. And you don't and... Wanna, you, like the word, you, you're not going to resolve anything at. 11 12 at night when everybody's tired like just go to bed work it out the next day not the end of the world yeah i'll be super curious to talk to jesus about that scripture someday in heaven yeah i don't think he, <laughs> i think he probably didn't write it so it's cool who did write it was it paul <laughs> i don't even know well thanks. i think people were in good thought with it you know like it was it was like okay that's a good Intention. You know, the, the yeah. better, the better thought I, I read this, it was in a magazine. I don't know why was I written. No, it was online somewhere. I saw it was like older couples giving advice to oh, remember that. Yes, and I do love and they said, one. if you're fighting, 
touch, touch your, your toes, toes before you go to bed. You yes. don't have to. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to resolve the conflict. Just touch toes to remind each other. Hey, we're still here. We're still here. And Let me just say right. that though. In hindsight, I would rather be able to go to sleep peacefully because you're just not going to get a good night's That's sleep. That's true. So do whatever the hell you want. You're like, <laughs> listen to us. Don't listen to us. Whatever. It's fine. If you can, if you're mature and you can resolve your fights before bed, yes. go for sometimes it. Sometimes we are, sometimes we're not. All right. All the music you heard in this episode was written by this lovely lady right here. So enjoy that. We should get this stuff up on Spotify one of these days. Huh? I know. Okay, maybe that would I'll, be fun. Maybe I'll They're do all that. relationship orientated. Most of the songs I write are That's about the true. people I love. So. Yes. Yeah, so all that by Susie. And uh, the drummer's pretty good on some of them, too. And but. he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, thanks for finally having me on well, in three, after three in, years. In three years, we'll have to do it again. <laughs> I'm glad you're not embarrassed of me anymore. <laughs> uh, if you want to support this show, of course, you can subscribe to it. Give it a five-star rating and write a review. You can find both Susie and I on social media. What, what are you on? So Susie <laughs> I'm K? I'm on social so media. You're on, like, all, that's all you do is, like, surf uh, you can't you... stand social media but you're on there somewhere. i am on there what, what is it it's suzy k suzy k s-u-z-i-e-k and i'm just mad no it's k-a-y K-A-Y, though oh s-u-z-i-e-k glad you know <laughs> s-u-z-i-e-k-a-y on instagram and facebook blow her up hey if you have questions for me about your teenage kids i'm happy to answer them <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at matt Kinsera on facebook and instagram love to hear your feedback about this episode <laughs> <laughs> would you i think so until next time keep chasing goodness together take me down to the river tonight let's count all the stars in the sky Remember the air on that warm summer's night How I laid in your arms and slept through the sunrise
other tight we'll break up the clouds with our laughter to see the clear night sky and we'll wish on every star over our life then we'll wish on every star over our life 